Welcome to the Great Scott Podcast, where guests share their craziest real estate moments and we explore how to avoid them. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some wild and informative tales that will have you laughing, cringing, and ultimately learning something new. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again today on the Great Scott Podcast. The guest in the studio today is Brian Lamoyo of Brian Lamoyo Photography, based out of Bridgewater. He and his family just moved here recently, past few years. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah. It's great. Great. So, uh, yeah, you just moved here maybe a little more than a few years ago, a couple years ago? Actually. Yeah, we moved uh, August, uh, mid-August 2020 in the, oh, okay. in the South Shore of Bridgewater, but we've always had connections here. My wife's from the South Shore. Oh, right. Okay. And uh, our plan was always to move here, but, you know, the, the crazy 2020 year uh, kind of yeah. pushed everybody to make things happen quicker, I suppose. Yeah. And you were coming, where were you coming from again? Well, I'm originally from Montreal. That's where I met my wife. Right. But we were coming from the uh, Kitchener-Waterloo region. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. In Ontario. Yeah, in Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Southwestern Ontario. Unterrible. I can, <laughs> yes. say, I can say that I'm from Worst, Ontario. Worst case, Ontario. Worst case, Ontario. Center of the universe. Yeah. Actually, that's not really center of the universe down there, is it? That's more Toronto. That's more in the big smoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose. I mean, you know what? It's funny because living in Quebec, living in Ontario than living in uh, Nova Scotia, I, you know, I really see kind of a little bit of the pros and cons of each province and they all have their gems and they all have, you know, challenges. So. Yeah. yeah, no, they do. For, I, you know, I, I have this conversation many times with people and I always say Ontario is a great place to visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it was all about timing too, right? When yeah. we got, when we, my wife and I moved to the Kitchener-Waterloo uh, area in 2012, you know, the tech sector there was starting. There was so much, such a big talent pool because of the universities. So right. it's a really exciting place when you're just starting your career, yep. I think, to be. Yeah. And now, like everywhere, it's like, it's got to a point where it's it's getting harder to be, to, to have accessibility to things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, which is strange when you look at the size in, of Ontario and the, and the, and the amount and the population, but yeah, accessibility somehow seems to get a little bit less, I guess, as you get bigger and bigger. And yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so you moved to Bridgewater yep, and you run a great business out of there. I know because well, I've you. used you yeah. a couple of times already. <laughs> we like to think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I run a photography, uh, video media sort of, uh, company where we produce photo video content mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, we specialize in all different areas. The, uh, area which we work together was the real estate portion. Yep. So we are a licensed drone, uh, pilot as well. Yes. Uh, we love it. It's fun. It's yeah. like, you know. Uh, flying is just great. Do you have to take flying lessons? I never asked you that. Um, Do you have to take flying lessons for that? It depends on the class yeah. of your unmanned aerial vehicle. Right. And uh, I my, the one that I use, yes, you need a certain weight class. You do have to get a certification. Okay. But uh, And you have to make sure to read the, the NOTAMs, which is like the flight notifications and things like that to make sure there's... Wherever you're flying, it's right. a, it's uh, safe. It's safe to do so. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you have to look at like yeah. wind speed and all that stuff. And, well, yeah, you need to have yeah. like you know some standard operating procedures in place for yeah. like you know taking off, landing, and making sure that you know there's no other vehicles, other like uh, you know uh, what we call aerodromes in the area. So oh. like, if you're near a hospital, if you're near like a police station, things like that, you're not supposed to fly close to. There's a certain distance that you have to keep oh, away okay. for safety. Right. But a lot of people just. 
you know, they get a mini and it's like, you know, um, easier to ask for forgiveness. They don't know. And they just go and they fly around and that's that, you know what I mean? Like if you have, you don't need a license for like the minis. Right. But, um, that, that can get a lot of people in trouble. And we were, when we were flying together, right. Remember the, just the wind yes. it was enough to get the propeller fast enough to cut my hand. Right? Oh yeah. yeah no, was that nuts. was, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It didn't even look like the propeller was moving. No, it didn't no. even. I, I was like, know. Oh, I'll stop it with my, th-. that was a dumb idea. Yeah. It sliced it open. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. There's they're not, blood they're, everywhere. They're not really toys. Oh, it was like, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly what it was like. No, but uh, I, I do, yeah, watching you fly that that day, that was a windy day. And I was nice. actually telling people the other, or even last night, I was telling people about how uh, you had some mad skills with that because I was watching the drone come in and you could see it, the wind was so strong, you could see that it would like push it down. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. five feet at a time. Yeah, for sure. Over water. And so, and you don't want to lose that in the water because it doesn't float. No, not very well. <laughs> not for very long. But I guess the, uh, you know, it's the thing that I've learned is from experience is like using your environment to tell you what's going on. You get a feel of it, right? When you right. see it in the sounds and everything. But it's like when, for example, where we were on the waterfront, um, the marina, right? Yeah. Uh, I was watching the flags and I was waiting for, oh, yeah. for there to be a calm moment for me to take there it down because go. I could see, yeah. you know, the right. wind, wind is invisible, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Like a golfer yeah. throws some turf up on the, in the air yeah, and exactly. wants to see which way the wind blows. Exactly. Yeah. Or like the, I don't know how the thumb lick thing works because that never worked for me. I just, you yeah. know, I'm like, it's probably a bad idea with germs and everything <laughs> to do that anymore. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, I really love doing it. I love flying and I love, I love, for me, one of my favorite things is creating uh, a sense of community and creating, um, you know, partners to uh, help service greater mm-hmm. area in terms of your community and clients and um, yeah. family and friends. Well, and so we work, so you and I work primarily with real estate, yeah. but what are some of the other aspects? I know we talked about this a couple of times, but yeah. just for people that are listening. Well, yeah. you know, I've been doing, I've been operating um, as a photographer for over 25 years mm-hmm. in all three provinces. I still have a team that shoots for me in Ontario for uh, weddings and events. Uh, we do wedding and events. That's another part of what we do. We love doing that. Um, yeah. We do have sort of like a photojournalistic approach meets fine arts. That's kind of how we describe our approach to wedding and event photography. Okay. And uh, we do also a lot of commercial and fashion. Um, and, you know, we do community sports and things like that as well. Uh, we travel a lot to the States to uh, shoot a lot of health and safety as well for larger companies um, through an agency. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I didn't know half of that stuff. Yeah. So well, your, your, your busy season is literally right around the door, uh, our yeah, corner, I mean. So yeah, I for, uh, for weddings, yes. For but weddings. I mean, we're always busy. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because we used to think, oh, well, it'll quiet down during the winter. But, you know, and then I think as well for real estate right now, I mean, oh, yeah. the springtime is probably like it's, that's, would you say that's the peak for real estate? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And we'll talk about that in our hot topic. Awesome. Well, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited that I'm, I'm able to, to, to be here to speak to you on, on this. This is amazing that you do this. I think it's really informative and wonderful for oh, people. Thank you. And uh, it's really fun that I get to be like on one of the episodes before, you know, your peak season. Uh, so, I love know. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you're one of my tens of listeners. Oh. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And now it's time for our real estate wow moment. Okay, yeah, so today's uh, real estate wow moment, we're going to be talking about million-dollar homes. Uh, So I read an article over the weekend. It was from the LA Times. I know it's a little bit outside of Nova Scotia, but uh, I thought it was an interesting read. So this fella, he won the lottery, 
And he took that money and did what any um, uh, person would do when they win a bunch of money is he invested it in real estate. Well, I think that's what anybody would do. I don't know. I hope that's what they would do. (laughs) Uh, He decided to invest it in a luxury mansion in the Beverly Hills overlooking uh, Los Angeles. Spent $25.5 million on it. $25.5 American, I should say. American dollars. $25.5 million American dollars on that mansion. It's quite nice. I mean, if you look at the article, uh, it does sit on the hills. It's got a spectacular view. Um, I personally don't know what the lure is of Los Angeles, but I've never been there, so I can't really, I, I don't think, I don't feel like I should really comment on that. I think if you go, you'll understand a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been in, I've been there for shoots, and uh, Beverly Hills and the surrounding areas, it's it's like, well, one, the weather doesn't hurt your face for six <laughs> six months of the year, which is one thing, but also it's got its own craziness. It's got its own yeah. allure, and it's, there's something... Uh, about the area that's yeah. actually special. And and, and and the people just eat it. I did live in San Francisco for a very short oh, while. I lived in San Francisco for a short while, and I absolutely loved it yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the weather can hurt your face there. Yes, it is. Uh, windy you know, sometimes. for a few yeah. months out of the year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you could also have pockets. Like, I remember late March. I think it was late March. Right around, maybe around this time. And the uh, temperature spiked to 30 degrees, which is unusual for wow. San Francisco. Um, but you would never get that here. Yeah. Uh, not even some of the warmer places in, in uh, Canada would you get that kind of weather here in, in March. And I, and I loved it. Anyways, yeah, I loved the uh, coldest day I ever experienced there was July long weekend. Oh, really? It was the coldest day I ever experienced. I was July? Getting, yeah. I was getting ready to go out to watch the fireworks for Independence Day. Um, and uh, the uh, wind was coming off the ocean. I lived on California Street, which is essentially a straight line from the Pacific to the Bay. And oh, so the beautiful. wind was just whipping down that street and the uh, fog was in and it yeah. was absolutely freezing cold. I, I had toques on, I had gloves <laughs> on. I didn't have a winter coat cause you didn't have winter coats in, uh, in San Francisco and, uh, uh made it to the bus stop uh, cause you didn't drive anywhere there yeah. either. Made it to the bus stop and then turned around and went back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, LA is, it's the culture of LA that I think is really special. There's, it's such a mix of uh, amazing people. Yeah. And I think like the lack is an amazing museum and they have probably some of the best fine art uh, exhibits there so that's yeah. one of, I have like that's what I love about LA right. the cultural aspect of it yeah. I mean I can't I don't think I'd, I'd purchase property there personally just you know right yeah I hear it's expensive yes <laughs> I wonder what he got for 25 million like there, it must be pretty special still I mean 20 and I wonder yep. if a celebrity owned it before him because yep. I mean that's they tend to change hands a lot right those I mansions can, I can tell you right here uh, he, uh, by the way, the jackpot was two billion dollars. I know Adam Purcell $2 was two billion dollars. Yeah, and uh, he decided to take the lump sum uh, of the uh, two billion dollars, uh, which in the states I believe they are taxed forty percent or something, right? Like uh, it's over fifty. Geez. Yeah, it's over fifty percent. Wow. So I mean, he still walked away with uh, nine hundred. What is the exact figure there? He still walked away with nine hundred and ninety-seven point six million American dollars. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy, right? <laughs> so twenty-five point five million. On on, uh, on that uh, on that house, really, I guess was kind of a drop in the bucket. Oh, oh two point five. That equated to two point five six percent of his that uh, winnings. Lucky. That's what that, that equated lucky. to. Yeah. So yeah, it's in the Hollywood Hills, um, and it, it was uh, listed last summer for twenty nine point nine five million. So he got a deal. Oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> an extra five million there. And uh, here's some of the pictures. You oh, can wow. see that. Yeah. So oh, that's uh, beautiful. Look at the view. Oh yeah. It is a nice house. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a gorgeous house. 
so this got me thinking about well, this million dollar property in, in California. Uh, one of my favorite uh, shows that I don't mind sharing. It's kind of uh, um, uh, my uh, guilty pleasure on Netflix. It's called Selling Sunset. I love, I love watching that show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The other yes. Show I'm talking about? yes. <laughs> it's yeah. a terrible show. It's an absolutely terrible oh, show. Oh, it's, it's like one of those, like, you know, reality show <laughs> yeah. sort of like. Um, Kind Real, of kind of watching people because it makes you feel better. Yes, like in terms yeah. of humanity, yeah. when yeah. you watch people, <laughs> yeah, it's, I hear what you're saying. These people are, and the, the thing that kills me about this show too is that um, initially I thought it was a real estate show. I because and I was just getting, I was just getting my license. I thought it was a real yeah. estate show. It and sounds I was like, like it. It was going to be really fun and entertaining. So and they they are they're a, they're a real estate brokerage out of uh, Beverly Hills that sell luxury. Um, properties and I thought oh this is going to be great yeah and uh, no it's just another reality show where everybody's stabbing each other in the back and it's loaded with drama and of course I got hooked on that I don't I don't watch too many reality shows but that one hooked me I'll Uh, have to check that one out I have to check that one out selling sunset (laughs) yeah because I like I like the yacht ones oh yes oh uh, below deck yes like the idea of just you know taking people and putting them in a closed space together <laughs> and then putting them in high stress. I'm it's a like, great social oh, experiment. It's just, you know, and then the beautiful scenery, right? And yeah. it's just, you know, it's, I've, and people, and the, the, the guests that they have that book the charters, yeah. you know, like that for me yeah. is like, it's so wonderful. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that too. I've never so watched uh, Below Deck, but the, the Mediterranean one seems to be really popular right now. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so back to what, you know. Yeah. Uh, million dollar homes so this got me thinking about uh you know million dollar properties here in nova scotia so i actually decided to look into that a lot a little bit i didn't get too far <laughs> if i'm being honest because i found an article from the cbc that says the uh amount of um, luxury homes uh, and one local broker here um, describes a luxury home premium luxury premium home as anything that's three times the average purchase price mm-hmm. And uh, the average purchase price right now is around five hundred and thirty thousand dollars in the mm-hmm. HRM. So that would put uh, luxury million luxury homes at uh, one and a half million dollars or more. Uh, and that has actually increased. Do we remember? Did I say what, what did I say? Let me just take a quick look here. What it increased uh, has tripled. It's tripled in the last five years, wow. which makes sense because everything else increased yeah. over the past five years over the pandemic. Um, but it's, it's crazy to think that there's such a big market right now for, uh, those types of properties here in Nova Scotia, because when I first moved here myself back in 2012, the only place you found a million dollar property was on the South end. Mm. I don't, I don't remember seeing million dollar properties really anywhere else, unless it was a huge mansion, uh, right on the ocean. I went, um, on MLS uh, in the HRM, there's quite a few multi-million dollar properties listed right now. They are all spectacularly gorgeous. Mm. And uh, there's a really popular one right now. I don't know if you know this one on Grand Lake. And it is uh, 4,500 square feet and it is uh, it is McKinnon's home. Wow. And uh, cool thing about that listing is that he is, is actually being listed under his name. Sometimes uh, these homes are listed under like uh, numbered companies and, yeah. and whatnot, right? Or, yeah. So you never really know. Well, who, that might be a selling point. That would give, that would give it some notoriety, right? I well, mean, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a cool thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You, so the realtor that's selling that can say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sold uh, McKinnon's uh, yeah. Lake home on, yeah. on Grand Lake there. And it is a beautiful home. I mean, there's another photo of it right there. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's definitely something. It's a postcard you'd send it's to beautiful. mom for sure. I love it when celebrities use their real names. Yeah. Like in stuff. I, there was a time when I used to work uh, customer service for Home Depot.ca. Uh, yeah. And at the time, 
there was a hockey player in Newfoundland that was returning a shag rug. And we like even looked him up and we were like, it was so funny to think of this like yeah. guy. I, I think I think it was Ryder. And he <laughs> and he was, you know, just to picture, you know, uh, yeah. a high performing athlete returning yeah. a shag rug to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, in any case. Yeah. Back on topic, though. I'm sorry. I love it when they're normal folk. Yeah. 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 And they just come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went shopping today. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. That's. So there was a house that uh, when. Um, Again, back when I was first licensed, there was a house on Purcell's Cove Road. Beautiful home. Again, it was like 5,000. No, no, I'm sorry. It was more like 10,000 square feet or something like that. Wow. And um, it, was, it sat empty for years. I remember that um, I used to live down Purcell's Cove Road off of Bat- on Battery Drive in Purcell's Cove, actually. Hmm. How many times can I say Purcell's Cove? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few more. <laughs> a few more. And uh, they were, uh, they, the house was already built by that time. It sat empty forever. Mm. And it was listed at uh, $4 million or $5 million. I can't remember. But I think it was around 4 or $5 million. Mm. And it was worth it. I mean, you know, the, the amount of work that was put into that, the craftsmanship, the premium quality, the, the materials, I mean, the labor, like it, it was certainly worth that. It had some limiting factors. Um, you know, it was right next door to the yacht club, but it was on the arm. Right. It was, you know, it's minutes from downtown, but the, you know, it sat forever and a million dollar homes did sit forever, mm. um, uh, you know, five years ago. And they do still sit for a long time too. Uh, they don't sit that, they don't, they don't, you know, well, the buyer pool on those is significantly smaller yeah, I than would say. somebody who's buying a $300,000 house. So, yeah. I mean, there's only so many um, Stanley Cup winners. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna move to a I wonder what the allure of purchasing um, a million, you know, or million plus home in Nova Scotia is. Like, I love Nova Scotia. Don't get me wrong, and oh, I get I it. it. I get the folk. Yeah. I get the feeling. I get the you know, um, the terroir of Nova Scotia. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder, you know, in terms of if you're in a if you're in a market to buy a luxury home, and yeah. you have options like you know. Arizona, um, you know, anywhere you want, California, um, you know, you can go to BC, you can go to, you know, all mm-hmm. the different coasts. What is it particularly about Nova Scotia in terms of, uh, is it the space? Is it like having more space? Do you get more bang for your buck, do you think? or You definitely get more bang for your buck. And uh, I think that, I think that relates to every single piece of property in Nova Scotia. I went to visit a house uh, yesterday, just down uh, on the South Shore. And uh, it was a rancher style, so it's um, a slab, no basement, single f- single level. It did have a loft, and it was right. Uh, do you know Northwest Cove? Like right down at the yeah. end of uh, yeah. Aspatagan. It was sat right, literally, like almost at the tip of that. Beautiful. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Like the stunning views. You'd look out across the water to the islands, and you could see the big waves crashing mm-hmm. on the rocks That's, and stuff like is that. Is that west facing? That was more west facing. Yeah, so yeah, that was imagine more. the sunset. And the, yeah, and the sun was coming over yeah, at that gosh. point. Oh, man, it was so beautiful. And then they had squall. While I was there, there was like snow squalls coming in and out. So it was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, but over, over, like that house, you know, if you put that somewhere in Ontario or somewhere down the eastern seaboard in the States or over on the west coast in right. BC or in the Caribbean, I mean, that house is significantly more money. So I think that just across the board, you know, real estate is, you know, more affordable right. yeah. <laughs> at, all, at all price points for all, for all uh, uh, buyers, right? Yeah, um, yeah then, I mean, like 500000 is ish is the average price of a home here, right? And like, it is, yeah. And so, like, in the rest of 
you know, most essential Canada. It was around 470 a few years ago. So yeah. I think it's like sort of catching up. Exactly. You know, so yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Nova Scotia was really far behind Yeah. with average, with uh, purchase price for a home. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I say that, uh, you know, now I shouldn't say they were far behind, but you know, we are the last, this was the last metropolis, you know, this right. was the last major Affordable, city yeah. center to catch up with the rest of the country where the rest of the country has been around the 400 to $500,000 average price point for quite some time now, you know, Halifax and now New Brunswick is happening a lot in New Brunswick now too. Yeah. They, they are experiencing the market that Nova Scotia had over the past couple of years. I was just reading an article on that. Um, looking forward to the spring market. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Hot topic, but um, yeah, now they're experiencing multiple offers on pretty much everything that they submit an offer on, even outside of the city centers uh, like Fredericton and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So um, the Maritimes just yeah they're they're just catching up with the with right. the rest of the country for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you know yeah to answer your question, I think I went in there in a very long roundabout way. Yes, uh, you know that's what. I mean, other than the fact that Nova Scotia is beautiful, yeah, absolutely. it's a you gorgeous can't deny, You can't yeah. deny that. And our winters are, I know your face hurts for about <laughs> half the year here, uh, but it doesn't hurt as much as it does if you're yeah. in New Brunswick or you're in Quebec. Or right. <laughs> and there's a peop- the aspect of the people, um, right? And, the, and the, the, again, the terroir, the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the dif- I guess the difference also between the States and Canada is, you know, I mean, it's arguable, but there, you know, there, there is you know, the whole Canadian thing, right? Like the right. Whole yeah. Whole yeah. being in Canada, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're friendly people. Right, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Great, well, uh, let's move on to our next segment. All right, do we have to, but we, should we go, wow, at least once for the wow segment? <laughs> That's it for real estate, wow. <laughs> there you go. It's time for Hot Topic. Here we are, today's Hot Topic. The spring market. Spring is upon us and everyone is wondering what is going to happen with the market. Interest rates have plateaued. The government has introduced measures to help the market. I use the term help loosely. Mm -hmm. Um, Measures such as the foreign buyer ban. Uh, And there doesn't seem to be too much out of province interest right now. But things we need to consider are our inventory levels still remain at all-time lows. Nova Scotia did welcome 28,000 people last year, and the last highest year on record was 11,000. So we still have lots of people coming into mm-hmm. the province, and we'll have more this year. The average purchase price has remained pretty flat since we bottomed out in August of 2022. We saw a little bit of an increase going into September, and then it's remained pretty flat around 530K if you look at the rolling trends. Uh, and we're still seeing multiple offers on some homes as we head into the spring market. Now, I want to go back to that foreign buyer ban because this is something I like to touch on. Mm. Um, I know that it was implemented to help cool the market, but I think that it is not really doing that. And in, and in fact, I read an article out of the National Post uh, a couple of days ago that it is having some adverse effects because there are certain aspects of the foreign buyer ban that probably some people don't know about. And that is that the foreign buyer ban prevents companies with more than a 3% foreign ownership from pulling resources to build homes. Resources would be money. They're not allowed to pull money. They're not allowed to get construction loans, development loans. They're not allowed to get any financing if their company has more than 3% foreign ownership in it. It's a true story. So more it's than 3%? More than 3%, yeah. That's, yeah. So it has resulted in several companies pulling the plug on developments. Right. 
which as we head into the spring market and in Nova Scotia, inventory. Um, the, the inventory is already significantly low. Um, you know, this is going to create, I think, some more issues uh, as we head into what a lot of people are predicting to be a busy market. Now that those interest rates have plateaued, our inventory levels are, are very low. We might see some more buyers come back into the market feeling a little bit more confident, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, and some sellers who are feeling a little bit more confident because that was kind of a thing too over the past year since they started raising the interest rates. The yeah. sellers even felt a little shaky and they didn't uh, feel like putting their home on the market uh, only to have to turn around and try and then have the same issues with trying to find a home because there's right. no inventory, but then they have to deal with their uh, the rising interest rates on on their mortgage, but anyways, not to get too bogged down in the weeds and all of that, the spring market is shaping up to be a pretty active one. Um, but yeah, that foreign buyer ban. And I know you have some comments on that because well, we did talk about this. I, I think that it's, it, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's, it, I find that it's a policy that's more um, a sort of uh, marketing thing. You know, mm -hmm. like in the sense that it's like, you know, it's shifting blame on an issue that we have about inventory, about, you know, just uh, accessibility for people to, to housing and then just kind of saying, well, let's put the word foreign in there. Let's right. put the word, let's, you know, like right away, it's like, let's make, let's make the come from away the bad guys in a way, you know, because it's like, well, you know, we were discussing, was it 1% is what accounted? What was the actual figure? Do you remember, Scott? Well, the article that I read was, out of, was out of Toronto, as most news comes from Toronto. Right. <laughs> and, right. Uh, they, but in Toronto, they said that it only, foreign ownership actually only accounted for about 3%, 3 of the, of the 3%. properties owned in okay. Toronto. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to say, too, that a lot of foreign investors um, are purchasing property to rent hmm. back to Canadians. Right. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's like a, a, a black and white sort of uh, thing, but I think it's it's kind of conflating a little bit the issue where the issue is actually inventory is having enough homes for everybody and having it accessible for people. Mm -hmm. And then the idea of also, especially in a province like Nova Scotia, where we're struggling to meet demands uh, with infrastructure and with public, uh, you know, positions in terms of doctors, nurses, um, home care uh, providers, yeah. uh, you know, even like to the... Carpenters, yeah. um, we're having and we have a population issue where we don't have enough people to fill those jobs as people retire. Yeah. We're making it harder for us to have actual qualified people to come in and you know help society along. Right. So, yeah. um, I you know it's it makes it more attractive for people to go elsewhere. It does. You know we have this great initiative. Sorry, great initiative to bring in more people into the country to help you know grow our economy yeah. and our businesses and whatnot. Um, but then we have this huge issue where the infrastructure is not quite there, and uh, but we don't even have enough houses right. for absolutely pe for people to to live in, you know, to to rent or to buy. Really, yeah. the housing crisis exists on two levels, on two platforms here: it's, it's uh, buying, it's home ownership, and it's renting. And so, it's absolutely, just, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's like a policy based on fear, mm -hmm. a policy based on, um, you know. What can what seems to be to have the largest impact with people right. emotionally? Yes. Uh, yeah. Then actually, what like then a data driven, fact driven, policy driven yeah. change? Yeah. You know, change. Real change is hard. Yeah. Real, real change means you got to take that money. 
And you got to take that power from somebody and yeah. put it somewhere else. Yeah. And nobody wants to let it go of that stuff. No. Right. So change is painful. And that's it. Real yeah. change. Any, anything, anything really worth it. It's hard to do. That's right. Anything yeah. worth having. Exactly. It's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and just kind of describing sort of how, what kind of guy I am in terms of lifestyle. Like I'm, you know, I'm an easygoing guy in the sense that like, I'm, I'm I wouldn't consider myself wealthy. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself uh, as money being a priority for my life. But I think for me, it's important to be able to provide uh, a legacy for my kids, mm -hmm. to be able to have my own home, mm -hmm. have my own space, uh, and, you know, be able to uh, provide uh, some level of comfort. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've never, for me, have had this, like, priority of, like, I must be wealthy. I must, and like that in itself, the idea of wealth is interesting because it's different for everybody. <clears throat> right. What is wealth? What is yeah. being wealthy? You what know? is success? The success is a different, exactly. set, a different bar, different level But I mean, for certainly not having, you know, enough people to provide services or to, you know, basic services. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's more important, you know, yeah. I think in terms of like policy. Yeah. Um, and the South Shore, um, I know that, you know, um, there's a program happening right now in, in Mahone Bay where they're having... Um, workers coming in for a home care. And yep. I think that's wonderful. But where, like, if you have a foreign uh, buyer's tax, how is that going to work in terms of um, people ever having ownership for uh, of their own homes, being able to kind of take control of their future and of, of like, you know, creating a legacy for their own families? You and, know? Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, just before we wrap up this segment here quickly, but... The same thing with the new policy where they did away with the additional testing that doctors have to do from the United States, which is great. I and think Nova Scotia yeah. is really paving the way for a lot of those things. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, entice them to come up here, but right. they can't they can't move into something right. up here. And, and then, you know, then they have to rent and that market still, too, is absolutely extremely. I think Nova Scotia has been doing incredible things when it comes to trying to um, find solutions for the the healthcare problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, Nova Scotia wasn't they weren't weren't isn't it the province like number one for creating that study regarding um, wasted hours on administrative work? I think Nova Scotia was. Oh, I don't know, but they implemented a, that where yeah. they discovered that doctors were spending a lot of times. A, a large amount of their time doing administrative work, uh, right. paperwork and stuff. Yeah. And they're like, well, why don't we take that off them? Yeah. Because it's expensive and it's, it's like, yeah. they should be doing more of the doctoring thing. Yep. Yeah. I sound really informed <laughs> when I present that. Don't <laughs> but anyway, I think it's, if you're interested, I think people should look into that because I think Definitely. it's fascinating. And yeah. Um, yeah. Nova Scotia has been doing some great things about that. They so, have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so just to, to wrap this all up here, so um, you know, the foreign buyer ban, you know, I think we both agree that it's uh, it's not really, it, it wasn't a tool to actually use to try and help cool the market. That's yeah. not actually what cooled the market, and I think that um, it's actually a bit of a detriment to yeah, what's going on in the so. market I'd love right to now. Hear, so, I'd love yeah. to hear if somebody has a different opinion, though. I'd love to hear what their argument is. Because, uh, yeah, me too. I'd um, love to hear it, too. Please. But I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have that different opinion. Do you have a different opinion, opinion there? No, no, no different opinion no. on that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting as we head into the spring market, uh, knowing that, uh, there's still very low inventory, um, and, uh, the interest rates plateaued. Um, I know it's going to be an active market. Like I said, there'll be more sellers coming back and more buyers, uh, coming back to the market. Mm -hmm. uh, spring market historically is always very busy. Uh, for homeowners and buyers. So to everybody out there, uh, happy selling and happy buying. 
Uh, Brian, thank you very much for joining us again today. I appreciate that. Do you want to uh, tell people where they can or how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. No, um, uh, reach out. I've got a website online. It's Brian Lamoyo. Sorry. Yeah, brianlamoyo.com uh, if you're interested in any commercial work. And if you're interested, uh, if you're getting married, congratulations. <laughs> That's wonderful. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, help you uh, with any of those needs. Uh, you can reach us at brianlamoyoweddings.com if you're interested in that sort of photography. But thanks for having me. This was, this was so fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again for listening today. And thanks again for my guest for joining us today. You can follow me on Instagram at greatscottrealestate or on Facebook at Adam Scott Halipad. You can find my website at greatscotthomes.com. Also look for my playlist under Halipad's YouTube channel. And you can find my podcast wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you to Karen Counts for audio production.